like awesome night of the king's guard like one of the like the coolest nights that there is in the king's guard the best of the best nights of the king's guard fucking chump Hey y'all, hey everybody, and welcome to another episode of Brotherhood Without Manners, your favorite full spoiler review podcast of George R.R. R. Martin's A Song of Ice and Fire series. Reading is Thomas Hart. As always, I'm your host, Zach, sitting here in a green hoodie today, my brother Nate. I had to look down and confirm I that know I was you wearing did. a green hoodie. He was unsure. What up, listeners? It's uh, Sunday for us. Sunday. A, a loungy Sunday. Yeah, this episode's coming out a little bit late because Nady do had some dental work done and was recuperating from that. So. Prove it. No, I, I mean, to. I'm not going to prove it, but that's what ha- occurred. That's what happened. If you've joined us before, you know that we are full spoiler. I know, I'm going to cut you off with our, with our spiel. And you should stop now if you don't want to be spoiled. You should go back and listen and read and do all that good stuff, then come back. But otherwise, this chapter we will be reading, this episode we'll be reading Danny, what, four, three? Do you not have it marked? Why are you looking I at my just have Danny, because I don't oh, have Oh, my it goodness. Yeah, yeah no. Danny, four. Yeah. Danny, so. four, and a storm of swords. But uh, if you had joined us last episode, last episode we were reading John, five. Yeah. John was a continuation of the Bran chapter before that, where they had arrived at Queen's Crown, these two different groups of Bran, Mira, Jojen, Hodor, and Jon Snow, the wildlings in Egret, colliding at Queen's Crown. As we know, John was being instructed to kill an innocent man of the North who had simply built a fire, as the wildlings wanted no one to be capable of raising the alarm and warning Castle Black of the incoming assault from the South. So John was ordered to do it. He obviously struggled with killing just a man for no reason. The man who passes the sentence should look the man in the eyes who swings the sword. Couldn't Couldn't do it, which revealed him as a crow. Egret, unfortunately, did the deed for him, and then hell broke loose as a dire wolf started running amok. Hey, Bran, sup? John was able to escape, taking an arrow to the back of the thigh, and he set off for home north, following the stars. But, as you said, we're with Danny. This is Danny 4. Danny 3. Danny is making her way through Essos. Yeah. Gathering up the Unsullied as she had stopped in Astapor. It was so long ago. Met with the slavers, met Missande, the young translator, and made a deal with the slavers of a dragon for a bunch of Unsullied. Danny fools everyone, including first time readers, including me. That she's actually going to make this deal, and then only at the last minute does she fucking torch burn, baby, burn. these goddamn slavers alive, ordering the now Danny owned Unsullied to strike the chains off of every slave and kill all the masters. Yeah, it's pretty awesome. She then throws down the whip, proclaiming the uh, Unsullied freed the Dothraki, the Unsullied freedmen, and that if they wish to follow her, she would gladly t- accept them, but anyone who wants to leave is free, and of course they all willingly start kind of chanting and cheering for Daenerys. So Danny has an army. Wait, that chapter ended with people chanting and cheering? Yeah, for... it's a theme here. Huh. So Danny 4, Danny and Sir Perv are <laughs> on a sandstoned ridge looking at the Yunkai, Yunkish, the Yunkai, you, Yunkai, the Yunkish host that is athwart her path. And now to make this clear, because for my first read through, I was always confused about this. Danny is not at a fucking city here. 
Right. Like, and the show is very much so different. This scene, this meeting, Dario Naharis, all this not occurs. Yet. She's not at the city. This yet. occurs in Young Kai, right. whereas she's on the road. She's still about a couple miles away from Young Kai. This is a host Meeting set before her. the city, right. yeah, to meet her and thwart her. And so Barry the Bold has taught her how to count Barry the Chump men in big numbers, and yes. so she's able to just blah 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 and count them all off for uh, Jorah. Yeah, five hundred, uh, five thousand. Cell swords, lances, bowmen, swords, and axes. Second sons on the left. Storm crows on the right, and about five hundred men to now, each what's one of those units. Really awesome is that because she lays out a fucking sick-ass plan later on in the chapter about who's going to attack where, why. She's planning that out She's now. setting it up now. She yep. is mm-hmm. looking at this and looking for the weaknesses and but where they're laid out. But she's just a young girl. She's just a naive young girl. Yeah, dude. It's, fuck me. This is so well-written by George to have her just sitting right here strategizing. It shows that she is calculating on those levels of Tywin mm-hmm. and, dare I say it, Rob Stark, where they're pulling these... The young wolf. Like, she's the young little queen. These yeah. tight she's ass the young dragon right she's now. She's killing yeah. it. The young Kai hold the center, and their entire army is basically made up of slave soldiers, more so bed slaves. Right. The young Kai are not known for training unsullied like soldiers. They're known for training slaves in the arts of pleasure houses and sex, sexual acts. These people have probably not really held a spear very long. So... What Danny is saying here is we've got two very strong sellsword companies on um, the right, right, 500 men apiece. And the left. And the left. And then we've got in the center, where it's weakest, these bed slaves who are going to be fighting for the young Kai, which, read between the lines here, they are being coerced into fighting for the young Kai. They're being told to because they are slaves. Right. And so Danny immediately is making yeah, note of that as well. She also notices who's mounted among all of these troops and how much more difficult they will be to, to deal with. Because Jorah says that they can easily defeat this, this yep. group. It won't be bloodless. Yeah, not bloodlessly. It will be a high cost to take the city because she knows what mounted she, she spent a lot of time with the Dothraki. She knows what mounted horsed men can do to foot soldiers. Right. They cut through them, and that's what a majority of her host will be, is these foot soldiers. Foot soldiers. Yeah. So, so she commands that Jorah sends word to the leaders of each of the three groups, the Storms, uh, Stormcrows, the Yunkai, Yunkish, Yunkish, Yunkai, uh, and the, um, which one did I miss? That's it. No, the captain's... second son, sorry. I oh, yeah, yeah, um, And she wants to see them all... But not together. Individually. Scatter the meetings. Throughout the day. And so. again, this is more a part of her plan, that you scatter these meetings, they don't all know what's discussed. This is very much used in even police investigations. Where right. They, you know, Correlate stories, right. no one knows what's being talked about, who's flipping. It's, who's, yeah, who's... It's right. So... Danny is certain that they'll come, if not to see the dragons, then to at least gauge her strength and see what they'll be going up against. And so she rides back to her camp, to her pavilion. The Unsullied are setting up the fortifications take as... my dragons down the old town road. I oh, hate you. Her sorry. silver would have been... Sure. Take my silver her down horse. the old... Like... Well, I didn't want to completely rip it off. Well, you should have. <laughs> and... The Unsullied, yeah, are setting up fortifications because they just can't have a camp that isn't fortified. 
because <laughs> that's what they do. Grey Worm is overseeing, and Danny stops for a little chat quick. And yeah. this is when we get that, when Danny had told the Unsullied to pick commanders among their own ranks. So because of this, I just want to point out how well George, even though it's been fucking forever since we've had a Danny chapter, how much we've even grown with these this group. It's just so, maybe it's just because we're rereaders, but how natural and comfortable it is to just be chilling here with Grey Worm. It's like, of course she's going to stop and chat with yeah. Grey Worm. It's fucking Grey Worm. Grey Worm was overwhelmingly chosen by the Unsullied to be of the highest rank of command in the Unsullied. So, Sir Perv had been training him for command, how to actually lead men, give orders, that type right, of thing. Right, because he himself, of course, was a slave before this. Right. He didn't know how to give command. And, yeah, Sir Perv has said that he's hard but fair and quick to learn. So, Grey Worm's doing great. She had also abolished the unsullied tradition of drawing a new name each day, as that's ridiculous, right. and told them all to take whatever names they chose. So, some chose old fabled songs, some chose Legends, swords and, like, and weird whatever. things. Grey Worm is a homie, and kept Grey Worm. Because, because it was the day that he was freed from slavery by Daenerys, so it's a lucky name. Hey. Danny tells him that when battle is joined to spare any slave that runs or throws down their weapon, and he's like, this one will remember, and she's like, I know you will, and then tells him that I want you at my tent at midday when I'm meeting with my other commanders. I want you there with my advisors. Right. Like, to meet with these fuckers. You're top of the line now. Right. I, uh... I just wanted to point out that that's another one of those instances where luck is very prominent is with this, his name. We see it a lot with Davos and rubbing gargoyles and just the, you know, seafarer's luck. And so I just wonder if that's going to... Do you ever think it's going to be on a banner? Because I just feel like the Grey Worm is such a banner-sounding thing, like a Westeros heraldry, yeah, yeah, that yeah. one day when Danny's in Westeros, that Grey Worm... The gray it worm becomes House Grey Worm, yeah, like, yeah. type of thing. And what I could even see it so. being combined, be you know, house. like, where it becomes, like, Grey, W-Y-R-M, like, right, as right, the house. Right. And, like, that's that's a new established house. But I just keep thinking that, like, man, a Grey Worm sounds like the start of describing right, right. Uh, a, a banner, heraldic banner. Yeah. And so Danny then uh, rides through all the... the craziness of tents toward her pavilion and then notes the second camp that is set up beyond her own five times the size and they're just hordes of women children and old old men yeah astapor had been left with a council of former slaves led by a healer a scholar and a priest all good men in their own right yet even so tens of thousands still preferred to follow her now they're not full, gonna go right full spoiler read this council dissolves pretty fucking quickly the city gets taken back by slavers and everyone's re-enslaved so that's not going to go too well but danny notes here i gave them the city and most of them were too frightened to take it they were the smart ones technically because they would be there enslaved see that to me also seems a little portendy of like king's landing of like i i gave them the city and they didn't want to take it so now i've got to take it for them type of thing but uh the raging host or the ragtag host of freedmen was more burdened than benefit. Only one in ten are strong enough to fight, and none of them are trained. And they ate the land bare as they passed. Like locusts. In sandals. Yeah. Jorah <laughs> says to abandon them. And, and her blood riders. And, right. And she says that they were, she set them free. She can't now tell them that they're not free to, to join her. Yeah. And... You can still say, hey, you're on your own. Like, I I get that I freed you to choose your life, but I can't 
I gotta go. I mean, she's knowing the... knowing the end of this chapter, though, she can't. Right, like these she people can't. are under her protection. This is. She's not wrong. This is what a queen is supposed to right, do, though. Right. She's saying, no, give me your sick, your tired, your poor, your hungry, your weak, and I will care for them. And yes, in wartime, that's not a good fucking situation to be in, but she still can't turn them so, away. Now cause... that I threw out that random nonsense, this is Mance Raider. Right. This is, yeah. Because uh, uh, Mance has a group that's strong in warfare. He has a size 10 times that. She doesn't have his ability to unite though. Right. Yet. Right. She's because it's that. still even it, even up into uh dance. Yeah. I almost said wins. Up until dance, she's it's still very much these factions are separate factions under Daenerys right. and it's not one unified where the free folk where the wildlings. Yes, I know there's the thens and such but Everyone fucking hates the fence. So but it's they... it's unified under Mance. Danny's got to do a little bit more of that, and that's what she's struggling with in Marine, right. with the harpies and all that. Is and, and that's I think sort of what she's hinting at here is that there is a sense of responsibility for these people. You can't upend social order and then just be like fuck it you're on your own Bye. all these people knew was enslavement so like it's a different form of cruelty to say you're free okay bye yeah. like yeah, 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 they yeah. they may not know how to fend for themselves or care for themselves or so it's it's this sense of responsibility i freed them like i i need to look after them i can't just send them out into the fucking red wastes like I did and to die and right. starve and dehydrate to death. But Whitebeard and Belwas are sitting outside her pavilion on March. They were her guard since Joho, Ago, and Ricaro were made her coasts as well as her blood riders. She needs them to command her Dothraki. Belwas is sitting down eating a bowl of figs. Oh, Belwas. He gets poisoned. And yeah, um... She thinks that her Kalasar is tiny, braidless boys and old bent-back men, but they're Dothraki. So inside, she asks Missandei what language these slavers are going to be speaking, and it is a bastardized form of High Valerian, so Danny will be able to get the gist of it. Right. And, and they're called the Wise Masters. Mm. Hmm. Yeah. Danny says, we'll see how wise they are come this meeting. Right. Which comes. I mean, basically, An hour later, yeah. waste some time. Sir Perv them. returns with the three captains of the Storm Crows, and Danny makes sure to study them as Masande pours them all wine. There's Prendal, which. Prendal, not Gajin. Or Gajin. Gajin. The Prindle. Mr. Mosby. He's a thick set Giscari. Would you like M? Or <laughs> I just think of the Prindle. The P-R-N-D-L. There's also Salar the Bald. He's a Carthine with, uh, what do I have there? Who fucking cares? He's dead in a page anyway. Brr, 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 air horns. True story. Dario Naharis walks it, swaggers into this fucking tent. And oh, Twisted Scar. I figured out what I wrote Gotcha. <laughs> Gets like three paragraphs of description right. compared to the sentence for the other two. So clearly George is saying, hey, not only is Danny taking notice of this guy, we should be as well. Because he, I feel, and it, maybe it's just me and people are going to fucking murder me for this because I get shit on a lot for stuff I randomly yeah. spew out. But he reminds me, he makes me think of Martin's version of a musketeer. He's just so 
out there and flamboyant with his mm-hmm. killing. He's got a code, but it's just this. I, I love Dario. Yeah, Captain Harris. Jack has got, got this shit on Dario. Sick ass yeah. mustache, and he's just. So Prendel ends up speaking for them and tells Danny that she will find no easy conquest here. And Danny's like, 500 Stormcrows, 10,000 Unsullied. And I wrote the quote, I am only a young girl and do not understand the ways of war, yet these odds seem poor to me. And they're like, we do not stand alone, the Storm Crows. And she says, yeah, well, cell swords are notoriously unfaithful, so what's going to happen when the Second Sun switch side and you're getting attacked from the rear? Oof. And they're like, that will never happen, which let's skirt right here. The Second Sons, what happens when the Second Sons, I'll say it again, what happens when the Second Sons switch sides on you? Yeah. As we leave things in Dance of Dragons, a certain Tyrion Lannister is speaking with a brown Ben Plum, who, one, has already betrayed Danny, so, <laughs> lols, and two, is talking about now switching back. Going to back. Danny's side. I've been loyal ever since the beginning. It was all a ploy. So, uh, just absolutely beautiful foreshadowing there on George's part that I had to point out because it's literally what the Second Sons will be doing for the rest of this series is being notoriously unfaithful. But uh, I wanted to read this next little bit here as it uh, goes on to say, Woman, you bray like an ass and make no more sense. Woman. <laughs> She chuckled. Is that meant to insult me? I would return the slap if I took you for a man. Danny met his stare. I am Daenerys Stormborn of House Targaryen, the unburnt, mother of dragons, Khaleesi to Drogo's riders, and queen of the Seven Kingdoms. Like, mmm, I'd return the slap if I took you for a man. Like, my girl. Fucking get it. Fuck you, Prindle. That was a slap. Would you like am or fum, Prindle? But, well, I lost my page. There it is. Uh, he insults the shit out of Danny. Yeah. And Belwas offers to cut out his tongue yeah. and give it to yeah. the little queen. And Danny's like, no, I promised him safe conduct, but. And so she asks, are you free men? Great. Then pr- give this message to all your men and let them choose for themselves, because you're clearly a fucking moron. Yeah, it may be that some would sooner sup on gold and glory than on death. And I'll want your answer on the morrow. And Prendel says, the answer is no. But Danny's like, okay, yeah, yeah. But as they exit, yeah, Dario's slipping that, sliding in the DM. And he's like, yo, girl, you, you going to be up or later? Like, I'll hit you up later? All right. And he slips out. Did you notice that his fingernails are blue? Yep. Do you think that it's anything? Do you think he's inspired? He saw that color on anybody? He was like, I like that color. I'm going to put it. Like, doesn't Euron have dark fingernails? I mean, Euron, like, everything about him is, like, even his lips are fucking blue. Right. So, like, no, I think he's just awesome and wonderful. Accessorizing. Like yeah. And so, <laughs> two hours later, the commander of the Second Sons arrived alone. Miro! A towering bravosi named Miro calls himself the Titans Bastards. They, of course, exchange insults. He's pretty sure he's fucked her or her twin in a brothel before. And Danny's like, I'm sure I'd remember. So, but she starts giving it back to him with the the flirting. Yeah, a little bit. And it starts to make me think of a certain Mercy chapter. Stop it. Just the way that 
she's controlling the the conversation where it's she's using it like well maybe you know mm-hmm. if you if you were to show up this who also because uh, she again delivers the line that it is true I'm only a young girl and do not know the ways of war and it brings up the ten thousand versus five hundred again. Um, this is also reminiscent as, uh, of course, as I like to call it, Tyrion's hat trick. I was trick. just going to ask you about that. The so hat trick, yeah. It's up. this, it's playing three different political players against each other and seeing which one is going to fucking send the shit out the chute. Like, that's all this is. And it's brilliantly played. It's brilliantly done. That, because she's playing into what they expect. Right. And so she's gauging them. Yeah, Marrow's extremely sexual. Like, he just wants to fucking fight. She plays into that. Like, yeah, I'm, I'm a young, pretty girl, wine. right, and, and gives him the wine, gives him all this shit. But they're, like, They're expecting to see a dumb, naive, right. stupid little girl who has dragons, and that's it. And so when she comes at them so ruthlessly and savagely, as we know, in the middle of the night instead of Fuck first yeah. thing, it's completely unexpected because they would have never considered that she would go and fucking wreck their damn lives in the evening. Yeah. Anyway. So, yeah, the 10,000 versus 500 gets brought up, and he says the second sons have faced worst odds and won, and she says the second sons have faced worse odds and run. Suck it! We all know what happened, so, like, chill your shit. And she says, but instead, stay and fight for me, and I will give you much and more than whatever the young Kai gave you, because he says, right. I already swore an oath and took gold, and she wants, you know, I'll whatever, whatever Cersei will pay you, I'll double it. And she says, think on what I said. Can I have your answer on the morrow? And he says, can I have some of this wine to bring back to my I captains? I gave you a whole fucking wagon of the shit. And yo. yeah, she's like, yeah, we took it from Astapor, motherfucker. Like, we can't drink it. I'll take it. So she gives him a wagon full, so long as he toasts to her health. And he says he will three times, which... Danny Oof. and these threes. And Whitebeard then, as he le- after he leaves, says that Marrow has an evil reputation mm-hmm. even in Westeros. And Jorah completely agrees. He's like, yeah, no, the old man's right for once. But it's, he's upset. Whitebeard says he'll toast you in one breath and then in the second turn around and rape you. And he says it just as bluntly as that, which Danny clearly doesn't need to be fucking told. Right. Like, she, she's got the grasp on which these guys. Which is a big reason why Jorah's trying to push her away from him. Of course. That. The second sons have turned near as bad as the brave companions, Sir Perv says, Oof. which just even even in Essos, we're getting that the brave companions. But Danny says she only wants his men and asks if there's any hope of the Storm Crows actually coming nope, over. Nope, none. None. And Prendle's a piece of shit, so you're not going to get the second sons either. Yeah, he's Giscari by blood. Uh, Prendle's Giscari by blood, so he probably had kin in Astapor that you killed. So right. he's definitely not. And Danny says, well, we'll have to wait and hear what the young Kai say. And the, and the young arrive. And they are led by Grazdin Noah Raz. Mo. Who's Whatever. Not no. Show. Not no. No. Fuck no. And he says that she is wise to sit and speak. He brought fifty people with him in his little fucking. Of course. Comedy. Yeah. He was you know being carried by slaves and shit, and tells her again that she'll find no easy conquest here. He says that they will re-enslave anyone who survives after the battle, and then use them to retake Astapor. Perhaps even make a slave of Danny as well, because there's a lot of people that would pay well to bed the last Targaryen. And she's like, well... I'm My g- boys are jonesing for a fight. Like, bring it. And, and she, she says, I'm glad you, I'm glad you know who I am as well, like with the Targaryen. And he says, you know, I make it my business to keep it keep tabs on the savage West, but 
their customs don't interest me. But he then says, why must we speak so harshly to one another? Your quarrel isn't with us. So why squander your strength on our walls when you'll need every man you can to retake your father's throne in Westeros? And young Kai wishes you nothing but good luck in this endeavor. And to prove it, I've brought you a gift. And the slaves bring up a chest with 50,000 gold pieces in it. Newly minted. Danny takes it and inspects it. And she's like, yo, these are nice. How many of these chests full of this gold do you got inside your How buildings? much you got in that city? Because those are the ones that I'll be taking. Thank you. And But I have a gift for yeah. you as well. And I like it because she closes the lid at this point. Like right. she slams the all that glitters is not gold type of scenario here where like you're not going to just dazzle her with a chest full of gold. Like she's not that dumb. Right. And so she says that she is gifting them three days to free every slave inside of Yunkai and give them basically their dues from their masters and then open their gates so that anybody who wishes can walk freely out of that city. What a nice person. He says she's mad, and she shrugs and says, Am I? Dracarys. And Drogon lights his fucking tokar on fire. (laughs) Whitebeard, Barry tosses some water on him to put it out, and he's like, You promised me safe conduct. And she's like, Do you all bitch about a singed tokar like this? Because that's ridiculous. (laughs) (laughs) And like, All right, dude. And he tells her, You will rue this arrogance, whore. These lizards will not keep you safe. If they come within a league of young Kai, we will fill the sky with arrows. Do you think it's so hard to kill a dragon? Easier than to kill a slaver. Harder than to kill a slaver. You almost had it backwards there. Three days, Grasden. <laughs> Full dark had fallen by the time all the young Kai make their way out of her camp. And Danny thinks that it's a fine black night and looks at all the campfires burning around around her. Which, again, this is her thinking, oh, yeah, they'll be good and night blind by the amount of cook fires and campfires, and it's a nice dark night. So they'll think that we're all up here just campfiring and cooking. So she tells Sir Perv to summon her blood riders, and when they summon, she tells them that they will attack an hour past midnight. They're like, wait, what? The storm crows will be busy arguing about my offer. The second son's drunk on the wine I gave Marrow, and the young Kai believe they have three days. We will take them by cover of darkness. And Jogo's like... Well, they're like, oh, they'll have scouts out. And Jogo's like, oh, I'll take care of okay. scouts. Don't worry easy. about those scouts. And she's like, just so. Like, yes, you fucking will, Jogo. I know you will. Do it. And, yeah, she wants a three-pronged attack. The Unsullied will take uh, on the left and right. The Coes will lead her horse in a wedge for a thrust down the center. And then she smiled. But to be sure, I'm only a young girl and know little of war. What do you think, my lords? And Sir Perv says she's Rhaegar's sister, and Whitebeard agrees, and a queen as well. So, yeah, the, again, Astapor, and then here on the road to Young Kai. Like, she's just showing these advisors what's what. Shut right. the fuck up, old men, and sit down. And so she has preparations begin so mm-hmm. that they can start for she's war. She's super nervous. She's a fucking high-strung wire just... Man, I hope they don't notice anything sketchy going on in the dark. When she is told that there is a man from the Second Sun sneaking onto the 
He claims he has gifts, and Sir Perv describes him as the yellow fool with blue hair, which she's like, Daria? That one? I'll see him. And so when he's brought to her, he tells her that the storm crows are hers, and so is Dario Naharis. And she's like, what do Prendel and Salar have to say of this? And he says, little. And mm-hmm. upends the bag, which has their heads, which is revealed as the gift. And the dragons immediately have at it, just fucking toasting those shits and rotting them. And Danny's a little queasy by this, which I think is interesting, and asks him why he would do that. And he says, because you are beautiful. And those guys basically sucked. And then he goes off on his... I don't count a day lived yeah, unless I've fucked, fought, and had a good meal. You know. Yeah, and Danny just likes his swagger of this one. She's like, "All right, all right, I'm vibing." With so we also get down. to see him next to Jorah. The comparison, oof, Venn diagrammed. Everything Ugh. he is, Jorah is not. He's yeah. skinny where Jorah is bulky. He's Hairless, where Jorah is fucking bear-like. But he has long flowing locks where Jorah's thinning, and then he's got this confidence that just... And his nose and sort of the facial structure of his face almost makes her think of some sort of bird of paradise. And that's a very... I mean, a peacock is very much so... I think what I think of when I think of Dario, and yeah, so he's I pretty, just he's pretty amazing. But she tells him to draw his sword and kneel and swear to her service, and he does so, of course, outrageously because it's Dario. And she tells him to rise and fight for her this night. And Sir Perv's like, "Oh, Khaleesi, that's not a good idea." Shut the fuck up. And he's like, "If if he betrays us, surprise is lost." And she's like, "Yeah, I think." The two heads there kind of prove his sincerity. And then she looks at Dario, and he smiles at her, and she flushes. And she's like, yeah, have your storm crows ready to strike at the rear. And Dario's like, hey, okay, I'll dip. And if they find me, I'll tell them I didn't see shit. So see you later. And Sir Perv goes in about how much older and wiser he is than pretty little Danny. He's a wise master here. And he wakes the dragon. Finally. Yo, she fucking loses it on him. So you are the only man I should ever trust, Sir Jorah? I didn't say that, he said, stiffening. You're a good friend, first of my Queen's Guard, commander of my army, my most valued counselor. I honor and respect and cherish you, but I do not desire you, Jorah Mormont, and I'm tired of you pushing away everyone, so I must needs rely on you alone. Mm. She should have hit him. Exclamation point. She should have hit him. We don't always need to resort to violence. Fuck him. Whoa. She tells him, go see you your Unsullied, sir. You have a battle to win. And he leaves. And she goes to her dragon. And she feels a little alone here. And she's like, shit, what if he was right about Dario? I hope not. He'll forgive me for being stern. And then she thinks of Miri Mazdar's words and tells her dragons that they're her children. And then her dragon. And, and this is yeah. fucking adorable. She's rolling him around like a big old fat cat. Yeah, this is ridiculous. Like, are you kidding me? He needs a ball of string. <laughs> She's rolling him around. It's fucking so cool. So and then her watch begins. The waiting is the worst. And I thought of Sansa and Cersei here. I mean, it's it's every character. Yeah, they both had point or another. Yeah, the waiting is the fucking hardest when you're you know it's it's coming. Isn't that what Barry says in his uh? Wins sample chapter is yeah sure about the but yeah yeah, yeah well, right even. right before the horn sound mm-hmm. for the charge of battle, but uh, Danny can't sleep so she calls on Whitebeard 
to tell her of Rhaegar and the many tourneys that he's won. Yeah, he hasn't won any. So Barry's like, yeah, no, he he didn't really enter the lists. He didn't have a love of swords the way like Jaime Lannister or Robert Baratheon did. Some say he loved his harp more, and Danny's disappointed. And she's like, well, surely he won some tournaments. And Barry brings up the tournament at Storm's End. Yeah. When Rhaegar rode brilliantly, defeating a ton of A-listers and breaking 12 lances against Sir Arthur Dane. And Danny's like, oh, he was champion that day? Uh, no, he yeah. was on horse by an extremely handsome, well. like, awesome Knight of the Kingsguard. Like, one of the, the, like, the coolest knights that there is in the Kingsguard. The best of the best knights of the Kingsguard. Fucking chump. And Danny's Whoa. like, bitch, which one did he win? I asked you one fucking question, and you've gone through three other examples two. of things that aren't, and one of which is fucking tooting your own horn, you fucking well, chump. Well, the only reason he was skirting around it is because Rhaegar only ever really won one tournament for the most part. Right. And it's the one where it set off the chain of events that led to all sorts of nonsense. All right. One, and so he was trying Barry not to bring no, up No, 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 Because yep. Barristan yep. has a fucking hard-on for this Barry memory. Because when she says, which one did he fucking win, bitch, I asked you a question. Fucking chump-ass Barristan finally answers, Whoa. he won the greatest tourney of them all, your grace. And of course he thinks it's the greatest tourney of them all because Barristan finally got to fucking dance with Ashara Dane at this fucking goddamn tournament. So fuck Barristan and his biased-ass storytelling here because this is some fucking chump-ass wow. shit. You need to step off, first of all. Chump-ass shit. Barristan the Bold. It's nothing Bring Bellwas in here to tell a fucking story or two. Oh my god. Barristan sucks. You need to back the fuck up off Barristan the Bold before you just get Barristan needs to stop putting his old man dick into shit. Like, Jesus Christ, and tell her a story about her brother <sighs> that she asked for. But Danny's like, anyway, that's when he crowned the Stark woman, right? In front of Elia and then later stole Liana from her betrothed. And she asks, how could he do that? Did the... Did the Dornish woman treat him so Your Ill? brother's a piece of shit. And Barristan's like, I don't know. Like, Elio is pretty chill, so, like, it's not to me to say. And then Danny reveals another fucking just horrible thing Viserys used to do, which was tell her that if she was born sooner, Rhaegar would have married her and been happy and nothing would have happened. And Danny actually got fucking beat one time for telling him it was his fault because he wasn't born a girl, which a A-plus <laughs> fucking comeback, Danny. And... Barry's like, I don't know if Rhaegar was really like capable happy. of happiness because he always had this sense of doom over him. He was born in grief. He was born in grief. Summerhall. At literally some, and the shadow hung over him for all his days. He would often Gorsh go there. on grief. He would often go there alone, not even Kingsguard to attend him. Sleep under the stars, and when he would return, he would return with a song, and that's when the dragons perk up. A song. The song, and then Danny starts to ask another question, but yeah, the dragons then pick up, alerting them of song activity. Hall, songs, grief. Yeah, my grief. Like, fucking fuck Barry. <laughs> Get out of here, Barry. Did Robert Baratheon sing songs also? Ha, 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 ha. Yeah, right. He... Body fucking show tunes. Yeah. Drinking songs, Robert. But then so, the dragons announce that something's perf, fucking going on. Perv comes in, splattered with blood, but otherwise no worse for the wear, and he brings her victory. All went as planned. 
there were only 12 losses on their side. Many of the slaves threw down their weapons, and only then did Danny allow herself to smile when she heard her side only suffered 12 losses. Grasden had went to Yunkai to deliver the message. Marrow fled, but is being hunted, and Jorah thinks he'll be caught soon enough. And then the next day, they arrived at Marine or yeah. at Young Kai. Kai. They they post up. And literally Danny's like, yo, it's asked to pour part two. Like, it's the same fucking thing. Set up camp. Which like <laughs> Alright, Danny, chill. So yeah, they set up camp and wait. And on the morning of day three, the gates open and a line of slaves begin to emerge. And so Danny rides her silver out to meet them. And they begin to shout, Misa. Misa. Yeah. And Sir Perv is like, uh, we should go. As the chant like, starts nah, to grow and swell. I saw this in the House of the Undying. It's cool. I've got this. And she just fucking rides. Mm-hmm. And, of course, they are all reaching for her, trying to touch her. They're shouting out in many different White languages. White savior. White savior. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but she strides through them as they are all touching, calling Misa. Misa. And her heart is soaring open. Lovely. And while, yes, it's a great, wonderful moment for Danny, it is super fucking whitewashed. And, like, I like I don't want to be that guy because, like, I'm white, you know? Like, so it's... What? It's, yeah, I know. But it, George even made the point to, like, note that one of the slaves was, like, a brown-skinned man. And it was just... It, it felt... Vi- like, this, this read especially felt just very white savior to me. And, like, ugh. Yeah, I, I like the moment for Danny. I get it. I get that she wants to be a mother to these people and, and protect them. But, yeah, the sort of whitewashing of it is ooh, ooh, a little cringy. Yeah, a little cringy. Oh. But great chapter for Danny. A great win because, again, all of the stupid men in her life. And finally she's getting one in Dario that she chooses. And shuts down Jorah. Yeah, fuck Jorah, fuck Barry. And so we'll convene our small council and get some inductees. Yo. Yet Summerhall was the place the prince loved best. He would go there from time to time, with only his harp for company. Even the knights of the king's guard did not attend him there. He liked to sleep in the ruined hall, beneath the moon and stars, and whenever he came back he would bring a song. When you heard him play his high harp with the silver strings, and sing of twilights and tears and the death of kings, you could not but feel that he was singing of himself and those he loved. Summer Hall. God, on grief. And Arya comes in and just murders everyone. I mean, the series is literally a song of ice and fire. Like, songs, yo. Song. It's a song. You got an inductee for this, Danny? Yeah, Ford? Drogon. Drogon. Because he's a little baby baby dragon that gets to play and just flip-flop around like a little baby cat. Yeah. And I want a baby dragon flip, just rolling around and just snapping and yipping. Because I like that she points out that that thing that every fucking pet owner ever... Oh, yeah, he bites, but, like, he never it never hurts yeah. or anything. We just, like, it's fine, like, as you're bleeding from the arm. No, it's great when I play with my pet. Just, you probably shouldn't, because you might file a suit or something. I don't know, but Drogon. Drogon. Plus, mm-hmm. he lights the shit out of Prindle. The P-R-N-D-L. Fuck Prindle. Prindle. Wasn't it Viserion that he was, she was playing with, though? I don't know, was it? I think it was Viserion she was playing with, so maybe I should just go with all three dragons. I thought it was... Drogon, because of his tail, like, being super long. Maybe. Yeah. 
Alright. So yeah, yeah Drogon looped crazy. his neck around and nip at her hand. His teeth were very sharp, but he never broke her skin. skin. <laughs> I told you, I told you. So Drogon, cool. Uh yeah, mine is going to Belwas for offering to cut out his ugly tongue and give it to the little queen. Whoa. Because uh Belwas is the only one who even in her him calling her little queen, like, I don't see it as like patronizing or I think that's just sort of his He's almost like Drax where he speaks literally right, she's he, little right, and right. she's he, his queen. He's a big kind of like bulking figure and she's this little petite girl so he calls her little queen but it's out of respect and he, the guy was insulting him so like Belwas cuz he's one of her advisors, the only advisor in this chapter who wasn't fucking annoying and acting like a no. goddamn chump. Barristan was acting like a chump. Barry's just looking out for her best. Oh, you want to hear the one about Storm's End where I won? Or <laughs> one about the greatest tourney ever where I got to touch Ashara's boob? Wait, whoa, he didn't grow perky. Yes, he fucking did. Wow. He's a perv. That's... Jorah's a perv. Enough from you. Let's hear from Amanda. We've got a inductee from Amanda. Thank you for writing in, as always, Amanda. Her inductee for Danny Four is Dario, the first one cast, she says. I don't like either of them cast. I don't like either of the fucking cast ones. Mm-hmm. I like the book one. I got to give him props for his swagger, and the first actor cast in the show, in her opinion, completely embodied that persona and sold it even on other roles he has been in, like Alita Battle Angel. All she sees is Dario. A note from this chapter, the end of this chapter used to fill her with joy to see Danny being raised to an almost godlike figure. But now all she can think is, no one man or woman should have all that power, mm. and what will she do when it all falls down? <laughs> yep, she'd been listening to Kanye. <laughs> uh, also, real quick, she was late for John 5. It's all right. Yeah. We'll forgive you this time. This time. I'm going to induct Zeus or the old gods, basically, whoever <laughs> sent that lightning bolt in the perfect time to stop John from revealing the causeway to Egret, ultimately probably saving Brandon and company. Truth. Tight. Thank you so much for writing in. Amanda, as always, a great inductees for yeah. both chapters. We also have an inductee from Kristen, and uh, Kristen also just wanted to ask our take of the song because of Rhaegar's song because she is kind of giving, getting the impression that there's more to this guy than just he's a psycho narcissist that thought he was the chosen one and kidnapped a lady to get the son third for, like, for the prophecy. Do you so, think Rhaegar wrote Jenny's song? I uh I I do. Yes. Yes. Um I don't she thinks there's something fishy about his music but can't think of anything helaton foily. So she's curious if we have any thoughts or, or reads on the situation. Man's Rhaegar. His songs from Summer Hall I very much so would believe are the important ones to pay attention to. Those are He's and Barristan even notes here that like he's singing about his loved ones and everything. Like that's where a majority of Rhaegar's family died, and Targaryens, the blood, the dragon eggs, all that occurred at Summerhall. Maybe there's some lingering magic there that he's tapping into. So I do think, as Nietzsche said, that he wrote Jenny's song, the saddest song in Westeros at this time. But Mm -hmm. uh, I don't know. Yeah, it's it's an interesting one because obviously. Songs, a song of ice and fire. It's songs in the title, so it's it's the a bear, song bear pay- and the maiden fair. Shut the fuck up, Nate. Whoa. Something to pay attention to. But uh, anyway, she's inducting Danny herself this chapter for keeping her cool while that disgusting bastard of the Titan throws nasty sex joke after nasty sex joke in her direction. I would have had Jorah or Belwas and or Drogon kill him immediately, but her quips in return were even better. 
Fuck yes. Danny. Yeah, Danny, one, A, is way calmer than I would ever have been in that situation. And two, A, two, B, C, D. All right. She she throws it right back, like, to all of them, to every single one of these insulting douchebags that comes in. She throws it right back in their face. Her second chapter, back to back, where she's just completely outwitted. Every man. Oh yeah, available. Danny is MVP in Storm. Like without a doubt, she fucking like. Does she have one chapter left? Uh, Danny, that's a good call. Uh, uh thank, thank you, you Kristen. Amanda thank and you, Kristen Amanda. for writing in. Yes, uh, as always, we appreciate hearing from you guys, from all of you guys. Danny has two more chapters oh, after this shit. one, and so yeah. Well, if you would like to get an inductee for one of those or for what's uh, next is Aria, so that one's already recorded. That that's going live. Right. That'll be going out the same week as this one probably. Guys, there's because... a guest on that one. And that's Chloe from My Girls Gone Canon. Ah, shit. To read some Aria 8 with us, to go a little fucking crazy, maybe get a little drinking on, a little fucking... It was a good time. It, it was, was a fucking great, great time. time. So uh, Patreon episode listeners have already gotten that. So you can email us your inductees at withoutmannersbrotherhood at gmail.com. You can check out the Patreon and get early access. Well, no more early access to that because it's coming out pretty much the same time this one is almost. Mm-hmm. Um, but you can get your Dunkin' Egg uh, chapters, your sample chapters from the Winds of Winter. Yeah. And all sorts of other cool shit. Facebook, facebook.com slash Brotherhood Podcast. Rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. Uh, Spotify, I don't think you can rate and review, but you can listen to us there like a lot of you do, which is fucking awesome. Thank you so much for listening there. We have our friends out, you know, all over the world that are listening and writing in. Yeah. Join them. Join us. Send in your stuff. Google gobble. And write us reviews. We like reviews. We love your reviews. You got anything else to add there, goon? Nope, I think that's it. Good, fuck you. Bella DeHarris! Harris.